Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com Spotify. TommyJohn.com Spotify. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Hello and welcome. It is the Filmmakers Podcast. Yes, that is right. This is the podcast. We talk filmmaking from indie films to studio films and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them and how to try not to F it up in our very, very humble opinion. Uh, And these are released wherever you get your podcast every Tuesday, except this week because we're giving you a special on Friday as well, which is supposed to be last Friday. Friday gone, but both me and CJ were very busy. I was making my TV series, Not For Profit, in Sweden, and CJ was busy too. But he did manage to edit this one coming up and last Tuesday's, but not enough time to edit this one, which should have been on Friday. Instead, we're bringing you this one today, Tuesday, with Dan Palmer, screenwriter of Fanged Up, and stars in it, and the lead girl in Fanged Up, Danielle Harrells as well. So that is super exciting. Can't wait for you guys to listen to that very shortly on this podcast. I'm Giles Alderson. Yes, that's right. I'm the director of The Dare, as you probably know by now. Uh, and now the director of Not For Profit. Uh, it went very well in Sweden. Uh, myself and Andrew Roger had a great time uh, with some amazing cast and crew. And it was wonderful. We'll tell you more about that when I get Andy back on next time. We'll chat through that in the intro. But wow, super time, super cast. I can't wait to show you guys that. And hopefully it'll get picked up. Just never know. But it was good. Felt good. Uh, I'm also the producer of Serial Killer's Guide to Life, and I'm also producing Cassette, which starts, oh my god, this starts a week yesterday? A week yesterday. It's a Monday coming. Oh my god, it starts. <laughs> so there's lots of stuff going on at the moment with production, with costumes, with everything, but Mark's is doing a great job. Script's been tightened. Uh, kit has been tightened. So yeah, let's see what happens. I might do a live one from there next week. Probably not, because it's the second day in, but maybe the week after. Let's see. Let's see what happens. But Cassette is starting. That feature film, found footage horror, it's been cast. That will be announced soon, too. Mm, exciting. Um, and uh, what else? Oh, the vegan documentary. So myself and Dan, today, we went over to the Good Heart Animal Sanctuary today, and we started the documentary properly, though myself and Dan... Richardson have already been filming bits and pieces here and there. He's been in LA filming in South Africa and I've been doing bits in Sweden and here, there and everywhere. But today we went together and we went to the animal sanctuary and we met some beautiful, beautiful animals and it was stunning. Uh, yeah, so that's exciting as well. Um, I've got a question for you. Um, what do you think you can do in 99 minutes? You can read a novel, maybe, if you're quick. You can eat a vegan meal if you take a long time over it, maybe on a date, something like that. Um, but what if I told you you could become a better filmmaker? Yes, that's what you can do at the 99-minute film school, which is what I did about a month ago with Elliot on his Rain Dance film course, and it was fantastic. I absolutely loved it. I got so much from it. I can't tell you how much I got from it. It was amazing, 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 especially at the moment because I'm playing to festivals. He gave me some great advice on that, but also some great advice for directing, producing and making films. It's a 99-minute film school where you'll learn everything from sourcing your film crew, marketing your film, working on film sets. I promise you, it's great. It's great. This one's on the 4th of September at 6.30. And you can get 20% off with our code RGPodcast20, which means you can get it for just 20 quid. That's amazing. 20 quid for you, RGPodcast20. The link is in the show notes. Click it, get there, start learning, start becoming a better filmmaker. It's amazing. A 99-minute film, school. 
indie filmmaker shout outs this week go to Kurt Weiser thanks brother really appreciate your shout outs Logan Austin Connor Brew and Rosie Coburn uh, Sarah Thomas as always and um, to Trish Rybacek and her film Ethel which is on Indiegogo there is two days left if you haven't supported yet please go do that if you can't do that then just retweet them retweet their film Ethel the link is in the show notes do that two days left Indiegogo their brilliant film Ethel do your best support if you can so I'm super excited to get to today's podcast which is with the brilliant screenwriter and actor Dan Palmer and with the wonderful actress Danielle Harold. both of them star in Fanged Up Dan Palmer wrote it and then on Friday we have a special treat for you It is with the wonderful, wonderful guy called Dan O'Reilly. It's another Dan, yes, that's right, but he is also the lead in Fanged Up, and he is also Dapper Laughs. So check that one out on Friday. Me and CJ are chatting with him on Wednesday, and I promise you the sound will be really good on that one. This one, not so good because we recorded it via Skype and backwards and forwards, but please forgive us. I'm sure you will because you get loads of info and insights for free. But I promise you Friday's... Fanged Up Special Part 3 will be even better quality. Maybe. Maybe it won't. Who knows? Anyway, um, for now, enjoy this podcast. Jump straight back in with me and CJ. I introduce him now. Almost, I don't introduce him. It just sort of goes straight into it because we were in the middle of doing the Stu Bennett one. Anyway, it cuts in. You get the point. It doesn't really matter. It's a Fanged Up Special. I'm about to say that again. You ready? Here it is. Um, Fanged Up Special. I love it. It's keeping going. And I love this. Um, you also brought in your collaborator, Dan Palmer, who starred in Stalled. And yeah. Stalled. And he yeah. was also in Freak Out. And he was like, you couldn't make Fanged Up without him. Was that like your thing? You were like, I have to bring my lucky charm in, Dan Palmer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, yes, I suppose so. It was, um, I just felt that he was the right voice to bring in for this film. And it was uh, just, yeah, I just knew that when I read the script, I was like, okay, I see where they're going. The film as written isn't the kind of thing that I would um, necessarily do so well. It wasn't mm-hmm. my kind of style of humour. Um, but I liked a lot of the beats. I liked the structure. I liked uh, a lot of it. Um, and also, I suppose, just technically, there was in, in, in the other version, there were just hordes and hordes and hordes and hordes of vampires, um, of yeah. which there was no time or budget to do any of that. That's interesting, isn't it? That You saw that straight away as a director. You saw the script. You looked at it and went, well, yeah, I like it, but there's no way... Yeah, it's like more budget to do this. So tons of CG, like yeah, loads of CG right. to be required, and it's just like God, how are we going to do this? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was more a okay. We need to really dial this down and make it, I suppose, um, a, a, a bit more intimate, a bit more ensemble, and less reliant on vampires. It's kind of the thing I suppose. Having done Stall, I was not less interested because, but I always feel these things they are a thing pushing the plot along there there are there are this sort of yeah. the, the MacGuffin yeah. you use to drive the story forward absolutely but just bring them in where you need to but ultimately it's an a to b film and about the ensemble about the characters yeah. so um yeah i suppose that's enough from me without further ado let's bring on daniel j palmer or dan palmer to his friends toot toot here he is toot toot hello How's it going? hello dan palmer how are you mate hello cheeky spot how are you long oh, time good. no here oh yeah indeed but it's nice to hear your voice I was just rudely phone called from your um, your your Hank Kingsley to your uh, Larry Sanders. Uh, asking me to come on your save your show. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what this is right now. We're Hold struggling. on a second. That makes me Jeffrey Tambor, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> so we're doing the Fanged Up special, as you know. We've just had Stu Bennett on talking with him, which is wonderful. And we thought it makes sense to speak to um, the co-writer and. Well, you've got a lovely part in it as well, and I thought it'd be good to talk to you. And I... we're not recording. Are we on now? We're on yeah. now, dude. We're on. We're doing it. This is oh. it. Straight in. So you've got to be professional from now on. <laughs> so sorry, I was. I wouldn't have made the Jeffrey Tambor joke. Oh, I'm glad you did. Yeah, done I'm now. really glad you did. <laughs> <laughs> made me laugh. Man. Oh dear. Made me laugh. <laughs> well, at least I'm starting as I mean to carry on. Absolutely. That's what I mean. That's your. We were talking about your humour, and that's what you injected into Fangirl. <laughs> And which you did, you really did, and um, yeah, and it's you've just proved it there with 
putting CJ down yeah, yeah, uh, and making uh, me feel great. So. <laughs> Excellent. So important. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations on your success, by the way, guys. And I'm glad it's taken me this long to be on the show. So, <laughs> oh, you know. oh, no. Oh, no. Thank you. And we've been talking about getting the wonderful Dan Palmer on as a guest for so long. But we were like, let's do it when Fanged Up's on. Right. And they just get kept getting pushed back and back. So we're like, oh, all right, well, Dan will come on soon. So now, obviously, the fang dubs are. We're like, we have to get Dan Palmer on, of course. I'm just having excuses, but anyway. Yeah, it's, it's, but, uh, all right, it's true. I, I'm, I'm checking online and my, the transaction hasn't gone through yet, but um, I'll keep on refreshing. <laughs> it will. Um, but no, thank you for having me on, guys. It's lovely. What can you remember of my first sort of contact with you regarding fanged up? Uh, you invited me for a coffee. Um, Uh and I knew something was up because you were paying (laughs) Um, and uh, it's a bit I thought it was going to be like that scene with Jay Moore and Tom Cruise and Jay Maguire you you brought me to a public place so I thought you were going to fire me from Christian James Industries Um, (laughs) and you couldn't do the Tom Cruise bomb thing where you took it (laughs) on the window from Mission Impossible can I have my children back please Papa Christian (laughs) Um, and this was shortly uh, um, after I don't know if I'm talking out of school here, but this is shortly after the Christian kind of said, no, no, no. you know, fish ain't nibbling. Yeah, um, it's exactly what he just talked about. It was oh, sort of moving yeah, away from feature talk, films. So I could talk about the breakdown when he was smothering himself in poo and all that. Yeah, um, <laughs> and, um, talk about humour. There you go. There it is. Yeah. And he just said, your scripts ain't good enough. Um, you know, that's why, obviously, why nothing's working. Um <laughs> And um, anyway, so then when he said, "Oh, <laughs> no one's you know no one's returning our calls, etc." which is was frustrating because obviously uh, we'd made stalled, um, and um, it was the you know a film that cost five p in in one room, uh, uh-huh. and, star- and it's starring yourself and had done yeah, really and, well, and, and co-starring you. Wow, um, really? But and I do save much... the film. But... <laughs> <laughs> it had done much much better than you know we we could have even hoped, and it got great reviews and in um, sort of industry respected um, periodicals such as you know Empire Magazine, etc. You assume the the next step is is for the um, the phone to um, you know start ringing. Yeah, and, and, and it's going to keep it, ringing. And it, and it 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 did to a certain extent, but it didn't as as much as we'd hoped. And um, anyway, I think we had we had a lot of traction and things were looking promising. And as I said earlier, we had you know there's money uh, floating around and off a mm. bit. It was just strange in that I just think some of the people we were working with, the egos involved, and there was yeah. Uh, I mean, there's just, cert- just... There, were cert- there were certain things which you know a lesser man would have would have taken. You know, mm-hmm. um, the lesser man being me, but Christian didn't want to. So no, no. But, um, <laughs> you know, we, we we had various things that we could have, but it would have me- meant you know um, uh, compromising to a certain extent. Uh, I, I mean, I'll talk about our own our own projects, um, our own our own ideas, our own concepts. Yes. Um, so it's not as if we were um, knocking on doors saying, "Please, sir." <laughs> no, um, you were in a good place. You were you yeah, you were, you were but, indie darlings and in a way, and yeah, you were kind of going, "Why why aren't these projects moving forward?" But it kind of happened had happened to us already. Going back in time, so I think two thousand and four, when we had a film called Freak Out, and you know we were um, uh, just uh, you know younglings back then, and and you know we managed to get a movie um, released in Canada, the US, uh, the UK, and elsewhere via mm. Anchor Bay Stars, and same thing pretty much happened there you know just sort of like um endless meetings that don't really go anywhere with people with framed posters behind their um their desks you know yeah um and then thank so, up um, came up and you and cj called you and was kind of a bit like well sh- yeah what was your, what was I, your I, I, I i sensed the host is fast forwarding me oh, yeah yeah, <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah so, uh, and so we'd, we'd been through the cycle already so when and then christian yeah so we had this Back to the ca- the cafe and um, yeah, and CJ said, oh, "You believe this, but you know, I've been offered a a feature film that's already you know financed, um, and and a lot of the um, a lot of the pieces already in place, and I've got the script." I'm like, "Well, I'm very happy for you, <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. I'll have, yeah. the, I'll have the extra mochaccino." You know? um, <laughs> uh, but then it turned out it, it needed some uh, work in the um, uh, writing department, and that's where um, uh, I came in. I love it. And what what did you bring to? What what was your first? T- how did you go about that as a screenwriter? Go. How can I bring my voice, but also not take away from already what's here? necessarily uh well you're assuming i wanted to do it straight away which um you know to be honest with you i was a bit 
50-50 because, um, or, you know, okay, I think I could be honest because of yeah, some yeah. of the clientele, you know. Yeah. Because um, uh, you, you know what it's like. I'm sure you guys know what it's like. You, 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 when you sort of get that sort of initial offer, you go off IMDB and do your research and all that. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, <laughs> it's Dapper Laughs. Um, and to be honest, I didn't really know who he was, but I just heard some of the bad press. Um, but, you know, once we um, got sort of chatting and sort of discussed um, how we could subvert that character and, and actually got to meet Daniel, who's a very nice person um, uh, and actually surprisingly sweet and naive. And, I, and, that, and that's one of the reasons he, you know, you, you find out that's one of the reasons he, he got himself into the pickle that he got himself into because he's, he's just like, um, he, he's just a, a wide-eyed baby deer, <laughs> but he just happens to have a foul mouth. Um, so we decided, well, we'd only want to sort of like tackle this if we can subvert that character. And Daniel was open to that because, you know, it was time for him to move on um, from that character. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I said, oh, yeah, I'd sort of really only be interested if we can basically sort of like spoof that laddishness because obviously there's this stream of kind of like geezer geezer uh, movies in, 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 on the side of the pond. Um, yep. And um and some of the people involved are responsible for those movies, um, and I, I wasn't interested at all in sort of adding to that, um, adding to that, um, uh, that pile milieu. Of, pile of yeah. movies, yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. So, but we were allowed to do that. I think maybe because of the short amount of time, and you hear that a lot, don't you? When you're brought in sort of late to a project, um, you could get away with a bit more, you know, mm. um, because there's not enough time to um, um, pick and choose. Um, so Christian and I basically just sort of like banged our heads together and sort of just worked out how we could take the script, which was actually quite rough around the edges. Um, didn't really understand vampire law, um, being yeah. a movie set in a prison run by vampires. That was the sort of basic concept. So obviously it had a great concept and a great title fanged up. You know, we just thought, well, you know, it's, it's, it's a pretty neat, snappy kind of um, uh, package, but um, the script wasn't really there. Um, they, they were killing vampires with guns and that kind of thing. Right. Um, there wasn't much of a female presence, so that was one of my sort of first notes. Was um, I'd like to sort of add sort of some well-rounded um, female characters, um, especially the love interest. Who we were um, quite lucky to have Danielle Harold from EastEnders end up playing the part. Yeah. Well, actually, that um, was that was a part of it. I suppose the fact that it's the love interest. Like, well, let's not make her the love interest. Let's let's have a yeah. Let's yeah. have a role there uh, and, and subvert it to some degree. Mm. It was a, there was a character there, but it was just sort of the bare bones. But she she was kind of more of a damsel in distress, and she was a prison guard. Um, but I thought, well, you've got this problem these vampires in the prison. Why don't we have like you know? I was thinking back to sort of like that sort of slew of um, sort of paranoia um, movies in the in the late seventies, where you always had the doctor um, sort of like uncovering the conspiracy, kind of like. Um, Michael Douglas in um, Coma, you know, um, yeah, or yeah. even a bit later, if you go in the 80s, like Tom Atkins in Halloween 3, you know, you've got the actor, um, the the um, the doctor that sort of like slowly uncovers this sort of a, this, this conspiracy and then has to sort of, sort of uh, gain, um, gain allies to, um, to allow them to sort of like reveal the truth. And mm. um, so um, we, we made her the doctor and made her the one that's got all the knowledge, the one that's got the facts and um, the one that um, has got the brains. So yeah. when, then when you add, add Daniel to the, to the mix, who actually has a history of her, you know, she's the one that's um, leading the way. Um, she's the Velma of the Scooby-Doo uh, pack. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he's, he's, the, um, he's the Scooby, you know. And then you bring in Stu. That character was already there, um, the Russian character, but um, uh, I, I sort of um, gave him a little bit more history and na named him after one of my favourite paintings. Um, and, um, <laughs> it's called Stanzik. Um, and um, yeah, so then, then he comes in as the muscle, but even he's brainier than than um, uh, Dan's character Ragsdale, who's named after um, William Ragsdale, the star of Fright Night. I love um, that you put all these in, and with Katie Makepeace as well, which is Danielle Harold's part. Was also that another? Sort yeah, because that's because you also get you know obviously it's 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 a done thing. We're not we're, you know we're not doing anything new. I mean, sure, back sure. in the eighties, you'll get like Mister um, Mister Cronenberg, Doctor Craven's on the phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but we did um, that. You know, you often get directors. Well, I did actors. So like um, uh, Ragsdale or Makepeace is Chris Makepeace from Vamp. Um, yeah. My character, the custody sergeant, that kind of starts the ball rolling. The uh, star of the show. 
Yes, well, thank you. Uh, I wasn't going to say Giles, but you said it for me. Um, <laughs> and Chris L. Wright's obviously in the film as well. Unfortunately, uh, yeah, that's kind of like he's got he's got photos of us, so he's always um, you know he's always, always got, got to be in anything. Yeah, he's always yeah. great. He's been in everything. No, he wasn't in uh, Freak Out, was he? Yeah, that's where we met. That's where we met. That's what I mean. When, um, and it all went wrong from there, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> so what was, your, what was your process like when you're on set? And was, was it as hands-on as, you know, all the others are stored? Or was it because there was a bigger group around? I, I, I had to readjust a little bit. My ego, I had to sort of like, you know, um, <laughs> sort of like put away. Um, uh, it's put your like, ego away. I like to call it my ego. Everyone else um, calls it your yeah yeah, yeah anyway um, yeah because I think some people thought I was Christian's assistant because I was just walking around behind him with a clipboard. <laughs> if only Christian had an assistant. Yeah. If only I'm talking about the mise en scène and someone said yeah could you go I, give, me a, I really, you give me a pasty please yeah I really uh, my tastes in assistants I have better yeah um, yeah exactly yeah. yeah you were the fluffer um, let's go there but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, was, I wasn't there for the entire thing. I think it would have been exhausting, and I was seeing what Christian was going through. So, um, you know, like, like, I mean, we don't think we said, but like the, the writing process, like we had like, I think two one weeks. whole week. One no, week, one whole, yeah, one whole week. Is that yeah. all? Yeah, one week. Yeah, yeah. It was so, so with uh, with the back and forth with the, with the producers uh, who were, you know, in agreement that it needed to be retooled. They they were quite encouraging of it. So, but they're like, yeah, look, we want to help. You know, we want you guys to be happy with what you're doing. So, uh, you know, we totally agree that it, you know it needs to, it needs a uh, it, sort of I suppose in their eyes it was a a tinkering, uh, yeah. but in our eyes it was more of a sort of uh, yeah. a heavy, it was more of a, a full on um, assault. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah. I don't think we sort of say to them like it was uh, it was going to be so from the ground up. So we just said, yeah, 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 a tinkering. So he said, you've got one week. We're like, whew. So I went back to Dan and was like, uh, are you busy for the next week? So, uh, yeah, Dan just vanished. He literally went off radar. Uh, like we sat down. Yeah. We went through it in, I suppose, fine detail, the A's, the B's, you know, what it, what it could be. And we sort of, I suppose, we outlined it together. And once we agreed on that, Dan just went away and uh, didn't come up for air for a week. But, and also there's, but there's many strange – it wasn't just a simple writing um, um, sort of gig um, – really because obviously a the the um the very tight schedule but um also i i knew like sort of there's a certain um preset um uh, there's a certain preset um bits and pieces that were, i had to kind of take into consideration so we already had the um we already had the prison set which we visited Oh good. Oh, good. So, at least so you i knew see, I, yeah, I knew what location. i could use and what we could use so we kind of retrofitted it so Using the original script as a very um, uh, sort of a very loose blueprint, we then did a recce around the um, Portsmouth prison and was showing the areas we could use, which was pretty much all of it. And then we um, and then the ideas that Christian and, and I already had, but we didn't want to commit yet because we um, you know didn't know if we'd be able to pull them off. If we had the space to to um, employ those ideas. Um, uh, but then once we did the rugby, okay, we could we could alter this and put this in here. We came out with a shower sequence because we had an amazing amazing shower. Mm. <laughs> we didn't have an amazing shower. We, we saw an amazing shower. Um, and um, <laughs> well, actually, no, we did. We saw an amazing room that we could turn yeah, into. Yeah, shower. yeah, exactly. And right. so we came up with the shower sequence, and then and then that leads you to kind of what we did with story. Like, okay, I'm in a, in a, uh, I'm stuck in a uh, public toilet. There's zombies. What in a public toilet can I utilize to tackle mm-hmm. the zombies? Exactly. So then it was like, okay, well we've got a shower. Aha, holy water. Okay, Danielle can um, Danielle can bless the water in the shower, and that can become holy. So, you know, it's it's, it's, a, it's it was a retroactive cause and effect. Um, and so yeah, so we visited the prison and looked at what we could use and made a huge sort of like sort of little note, a huge list of notes of what what rooms were um, uh, beneficial to the story we wanted to tell. And then sort of retrofitted those um, those locales to, to our ideas, but then also we, uh, in addition to that, uh, you know, there's a few other caveats. You know, we we had to have you know some people already cast. So you know, if we wanted to nix a character, you know, um, some of them we couldn't. You know, and, and mm. then but I I could add a few characters I wanted to, but there were various um, considerations. Um, sort of, I had to sort of uh, take on board that I wouldn't do if I was just writing a script um, fresh from from, from the start. You know? Even down to even down to stuff 
like you've only got this character. You know, we, we knew we'd have two days filming with that character. We might yeah. have a week max with this character. There's a few of those. So it was, it was a logistically, it was yeah, kind of next level. It was, it but was it was crazy. yeah. I mean, there was the bad guy character, um, uh, uh, Governor Payne, and um, I um, uh, was originally. I, I, I don't know if I can. Say, I'm sure this is okay saying this. Uh, we it was going to be Billy Zane, and Billy Zane talks a mile a minute. So I wrote for Billy Zane. I, I was like, yeah. and this was really bizarre. Once again, like Christian had told me about three weeks before, and then cut to I'm now sitting in my um, my <laughs> my underpants uh, uh, writing um, writing dialogue for for Billy Zane. Um, pages and, and uh, pages of dialogue. From Billy I bet it's something you went crazy. I imagine because he he write. So I was told you've got Billy Zane for three days. You know, this is our big bad guy. After two or three days, you got Billy Zane for sort of short, short amount of time. You know. And um, uh, so I was like, well, we want to we want to get our Zane bucks, don't we? We want, we want you know, we want to get our, um, our money's worth for the Zaniac. Yeah. Um, uh, so I um, knowing that he um, he's, a, he's a sort of a mo- bit of a motor mouth. I wrote, you know, I just thought, well, OK, I sit behind the desk. You see this a lot in our old sort of, uh, Roger Moore, um, non Roger Moore ba- um, sort of action movies where they get like that they get someone big like Yafet Koto or someone to play the ba- like play the ba- main bad guy. But he's, you've only got him, or Christopher Lee, you've got him for three days and then they get, you know, um, the henchmen to do all the heavy lifting for the rest of it. So I did that, just wrote in these big, flowery, uh, Tarantino wannabe kind of soliloquies. Um, and then, um, uh, uh, then Billy uh, was um, double booked and Burkhoff <laughs> came in, Stephen Burkhoff, um, who is the opposite. The total opposite. Yeah. I think those two have been, you know, fighting for the same yeah. roles. They've been swapped at birth. Yeah, well, I, I, think, I think Stephen Burkhoff was going to play uh, the Phantom, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in Titanic, I heard as well. Um, so, um, yeah, and so he's the opposite. And he loves to chew the scenery and, 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 and smell the farts. Um, so, um, Which boy, there was a lot, yeah. Boy, there were some farts. Um, so, so you had I, to, what did you do then? Did you suddenly go, right, I need to rewrite? Or did you I, go, sorry? Then the train had left the station. I just sat back <laughs> the same man, put my feet up and started laughing. Um, it's, it was Christian's problem then. Totally, yeah. Um, just blame the director. Yeah. And so it was, it was a case of chiseling the, the, um, the scenes uh, and um, then and there, and then also in post. So we, uh, actually, I've got to say, Will, Will Long and, and Christian did a great job Um going in and do some surgery on the Burkhoff scene. So, um, you know, they were great, but they're just too long. Um, yeah. Obviously, this man used to do metamorphosis on stage. You so know, he can so spout he... words for days. Yeah, he's yeah, exactly. happy to talk. But yeah. But, um, it but slows the pace he, down he, of your film. He's right? not, um, you know, but he's not performing to the off-Broadway or West End crowd. He's, mm-hmm. he's performing to the, the, the Daniel O'Reilly fans, you know. <laughs> so that was another kind of strange kind of... Um, strange occurrence from when you join a a film where the the the, the cogs are already moving you know Mm. and this is you know this isn't a weird um this isn't a sort of um an aberration this happens in hollywood kind of 24 7 you know of course it does Um, of course it does it was just a machine it was it was a machine and you know and it was already uh, already in motion and cj and i had to sort of decide whether we wanted to jump on board and go for a ride or not do it, which you did did you feel that yeah. there was quite a bit of pressure obviously you had that week did you suddenly feel pressure or were you like no i can do this it's not a problem it's just making it work um i write fast anyway but that doesn't mean i i don't put effort because I, I think a lot beforehand so like i'm not i rarely i'm rarely sitting behind in front of i'm really sitting behind the laptop i sit in front of it i'm very <laughs> unique like um, I, I rarely sit in front of the laptop um at yeah. like you know going oh hmm well, man's inhumanity to man you know striking my chin because i've already done a hell of a lot of thinking on the t- on the toilet or whatever you exactly. know well stores, um, there you go perfect example yeah exactly that's what i came from i'm that shallow um <laughs> but um uh but but it was almost it was um it, it wasn't as stressful as you may think because it was kind of more freeing and plus it wasn't my baby you know the two previous films we've made have been like you know ideas that myself or myself and christian have come up with so it's our thing you know mm. and without sounding um without sounding kind of cynical it, it, it's it's more freeing when it's not your your, your thing but e-commerce you know 
um, and you can have a bit more fun of it. And another thing, it's just lovely to be able to write something knowing it's going to get made. That, you know, that's, that's true. a major thing. Yeah, because I mean, normally, let's not forget that. Yeah, because normally you're writing something and you're going, well, I have no idea if this gets made. How much effort I'm going to put into this? How much time will it mm. ever get out there? You I know, think you, as well, yeah. having our run of, of, of sort of, um, uns, you know, our, our run of bad luck as we'd had post-stalled, I think it was just, yeah, just liberating to, yeah, know that, well, whatever happens in six to eight weeks, we'll be on set making, making these things happen. That's, um, you know, yeah, that, that is not to be sniffed at. I mean, like, yeah. my, my biggest flaw, and I, I have very few flaws because I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty amazing. Yeah, but, um, true. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, my biggest flaw, as in writing, is I, 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 sometimes I kind of think, oh, what's the point? This ain't going to get made. And once that sort of seed starts growing, then yeah. you're doomed, you know. And, and, you know, I've got, like, 12 screenplays to prove that, you know, and <laughs> as opposed to two that have been made. I, I've sold a couple that have never seen the light of day, but, you know, that, that's mm. sort of like, here's by the way. So, you know, I, I think that I speak for most writers. It's kind of, or well, most writers that, ha, that aren't delusional, uh, you know, you kind of just think, oh, you know, what, what's the point of putting this energy in, especially if you're not getting paid? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's the point of sort of wasting this time and energy? I could just be putting my feet up on, on watching, you know, um, Country File. If you could go back now and you had longer to write it so it was your idea you came up with this would you have done something different oh yeah definitely okay i sent to christian uh, i think we both agreed it would have been kind of and because we've done two horror comedies you know um freak out and 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 stalled and you know years apart you know it, it would be nice to sort of um differentiate um and and um sort of take a different tact and uh, and I think we both said this would be kind of a great idea to do straight, like a kind of a, a certain precinct 13, you know, mm. um, uh, Rio Bravo with vampires, you know, but, um, a, we had, you know, a very limited amount of time and B, we had, um, a comedian, um, for our leading man, you know, um, so that, that wasn't a possibility. And that's another thing is we had to take into account, this was going to be a vehicle for a comedian. And I, I you know, I'm a, um, uh, You're a funny I'm, a, guy. I'm a I'm a SNL kind of fan, yeah. so I, I went back and kind of looked at um, a few of those people's first films, and also looked at comedians' first movies, their vehicles. So I looked at Ace Ventura and Jim Carrey, and um, and Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and Paul Rubens, and and Ford Fairlane, and Andrew Dice Clay, and obviously you know Andrew Dice Clay has quite a lot in common with 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 Daniel. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I looked at those movies, and and Rennie Harlan, you know that that was Rennie Harlan, and, and Andrew Dice Clay, and, and you know, Christian style has sort of some similarities to to, um, to early Rennie Harlan. So, and um, so that was an interesting one to watch. Which is um, very, actually very, very on that note. What is rather strange? A friend of ours runs a, a movie night, and recently he showed Elm Street Four. Uh, oh God, yeah, Rennie Harlan's one of his his sort of like early films. And it's so weird how I've not seen Elm Street Four in years. I've always been a fan of the Elm Street franchise, and Dan's the same. But um, it's so bizarre, like. God, that's we didn't realise how much Elm Street Four had affected and influenced Fanged Up. It's like bizarre. It's the colour scheme and yeah. some of the set design. Um, it's like, oh my god, yeah. I've I've hugely ripped off Rennie Harlan without knowing it. It just sort <laughs> yeah, of yeah, because Rennie Harlan. Let's not forget one of Rennie Harlan's first films was Prison. Prison, set yeah. in prison, and one of the, and and also done Ford Fairlane, which was a vehicle for a controversial yeah. com- comedian so he'd done those two movies which were very big similarities to the situation we're in but the one you um, were influenced by had nothing to do with that amazing <laughs> amazing it um, can happen though isn't it things seep in don't it, from their past it's mm, um, amazing mm. dan um and you no well hang on wait no you and cj are now yeah, gonna, well, hold it. yeah, yeah. so so we could talk for hours dad but uh, we thought why don't we take you on uh we're going to chat to daniel harold so why don't you come with us and chat to her yeah, sure. Okay, where are we going? You're going through the curtain. Going through. Hold, the curtain. hold, hold my hand, and Ooh. off we go. So, Danielle, uh, you play uh, Katie Makepeace in Fanged Up, um, and uh, uh, I suppose so give me a very quick, a very quick uh, history of your acting uh, resume prior to Fanged Up and prior to us meeting. 
So I started, my first job in acting was at EastEnders, uh, where I played Lola Pierce, who was Billy Mitchell's granddaughter. And I was there for nearly five years. It went so quick, but I really loved working there. And it was a great place to learn and had such a good time. And then after that, my first job was actually fanged up, my first film. Wow. It was amazing, yeah. Who's, really that, who's that on the line now? I can hear someone. Oh, it's, hello, it's me, <laughs> Dan. Dan Palmer just can't shake him um Dan Palmer. oh well you're here now you can you know carry on I suppose um, hello Daniel how's it going <laughs> hi Dan I'm good how are you it's, I'm good thank you lovely to hear your voice oh have you missed it yeah <laughs> don't lie <laughs> <laughs> how you doing you all right yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are good, you? Good. I don't think anyone, awesome. even though you're both actors, no one's believing this uh, fake <laughs> preamble. Uh, it's clear we've done this we 10 are, minutes we're, ago. We're all, and, and they don't know we're all sitting in a jacuzzi. <laughs> yeah, living um, life. So, guys, getting back to it, because, Danielle, you, so you, so found out wise, you uh, had sort of held off to some degree, hadn't you, prior to, uh, from leaving EastEnders, was, am I right in thinking, and I think with this conversation, you're sort of saying it's movies or bust and you got a few offers to do various TV things, but you held out to do a feature? Um, no, what it was, right. I actually done. <laughs> <laughs> End of interview. Um, yeah, um, when I left you senders, I kind of had a bit of time off. It was uh, quite quiet, which was actually really nice because obviously working on a soap, your schedule is just it's so hectic I mean they work so hard but yeah. um yeah so I had a bit of time off and then I definitely wanted to go and uh, do films that's what I'd always wanted to do so I was just sort of lucky enough when Fanged Up come come about because I was just getting back into work again and yeah so it was a great opportunity for me to get into films and I loved it. How did you first hear about Fanged Up and what attracted you to it? Well, I basically got an email um, saying about, oh, there's a film Fanged Up. Would I be interested in doing it? Should I send the script? So I was like, yeah, brilliant. Send the script. So I got the script through. And I read through it, you know, like any normal script. I was like, oh, brilliant. Yeah, this sounds like really funny, really, really completely different. So obviously the character Lola that I played in the send this, I was really up for doing it. Mm. But when I was reading the script to when I was on set, it was so different. <laughs> so different. Like I remember sitting down in the makeup chair, I think it was like day two, and we were shooting a bit of the end of the film. And all of a sudden, this bucket of blood <laughs> come out. She was like, I'm just basically going to pour this on you. I was like, I don't really see, don't really see any of this stuff in the script. Like, so it was so much more epic <laughs> on set than when I read it, definitely. I think you came into it day three, potentially four. Your first scene, I can pretty, I think, was uh, slap bang in the middle of the film, and it's the, it's a big. Your f- poor you, really. Your first it's scene was was as it was every character in a room together. It was all it was the ensemble. It was all I think eight or eight or nine characters in a yeah. room. I was there that day, and I remember it was just exposition tastic, wasn't it? Is it the one when you're going for the fire, explaining the blood type? Was that was that? That's yeah, one. Yeah, lots of camera angles, lots of eye lines. Yeah. I mean, I guess kind of, luckily. For you, the kind of thing with EastEnders you were thrown into constantly. But how was that for you? And what what were you expecting? What, in Fanged Up? Mm. Oh, gosh, I was terrified. I was really... Because obviously it's, 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 it's all men. So I thought, I'm going to have to really try and hold my own here. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so I was so nervous of being the only girl. But by the end of it, I felt like a right little lad. So it was all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, I was very nervous. You sort of... I mean, you didn't show any of that. But um, I... Again, could be memory, could be wrong. I seem to recall at one point you were surprised uh, that first day because you were, had a something about it. You sort of thought it was a, a stand-up comedian or, or, or YouTube star making a film. Yeah. You thought it'd be like him and a bunch of mates. Was that right? Yeah, I was I was a bit confused. So obviously, I read the script as a script. And obviously, um, yeah, when I sort of Googled who was in it and stuff, I see some like actors from Luxor and stuff and then I also saw like social media influence so I was really confused how the balance was going to kind of work with it mm. and yeah I couldn't have been more wrong like I think the balance is brilliant I really love the idea of it now and obviously once we started filming when you start bouncing off each other it was so good. Working with Dan O'Reilly who hadn't uh certainly hadn't carried a film before um, yeah. but uh, no, hadn't acted in this capacity at all before how was that for you? Do you know what? I th- I was I was a bit worried because obviously it's like oh God, obviously I can't, can only imagine when I started EastEnders as actors <laughs> when I started working then because I'd never acted before. So yeah, whenever I work with actors that haven't acted before, I totally get it. 
like I really do get it and I suppose with Dan as well because he does all these obviously his characters these little skits and stuff that he does mm. don't think he realises that when he's doing that he is acting yeah. so that, yeah. that really helped him um, when he was doing Fanged Up as well I remember you sort of saying when you came into it you didn't really know what to expect but you sort of took this leap of faith same for Stu same for the yeah. movie it's just like I don't this could be you know it could go this way it could go that way this could be uh, especially if comedy horror it can be interpreted in so many ways Exactly, so, um, it's such a specific genre. That my impression awesome. was always everyone on, on set was pleasantly surprised by the experience. You guys were yeah. more because you were in the green room, and uh, but yeah, maybe g- give me some uh, any lasting memories. The boys, oh, they were so lovely to work with. Really, really respectful, really into it. So it was a really good mix and a good balance. I remember one day it was um, myself, uh, you, Danielle, and and Dan O'Reilly. Yeah. We, were, we were eating our lovely beans and cheese, whatever it was. steps on the floor. Yeah. And it was just, he was, and you were talking, we were just chatting, and then he, you just turned to talk to him, and he was taking photos of himself. Yeah. <laughs> and you went, yeah. you're, not, you're not even listening to me, are you? Yeah. And he just nodded and went, mm, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, we. I lose count the amount of times I'd walk into a room to give Dan a note, or you'd give Dan O'Reilly a note or a bit of direction, or like, right, this scene's coming up, don't forget we talked about this. Yeah. And I'd walk in, he'd be Snapchatting. It took some getting used to having a uh, a lead that was just whenever he wasn't on camera, he'd be away doing something on camera. He got in a Twitter war during a scene. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh, he yeah, had, I he, had a, he had a phone in his pocket and somehow by the time that you'd get called cut, he was in a Twitter war. I don't know how it happened, but it did, you know. <laughs> I but we, I think we do, we do have to point out, obviously, it wasn't... Um, uh, lack of concentration it, it was you know part of the engine of the, the movie wasn't it it was kind of yeah. um uh, and that's, that... that's another thing that i didn't i've, I've never understood like obviously uh, for, for the first few days he was just constantly snapchatting i was thinking this guy really does love a bit of snapchat like, yeah it's weird I mean, you... for a filter yeah realize obviously it's his business that that's his job and like obviously in this day and age now social media influencers are huge and mm. yeah it's amazing the work and dedication he puts into it and obviously he's doing really well from it, which is amazing. So good for him. But as, an actu- as an actress, how do you feel about that? Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. I mean, because I'm just, you know, you, 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 you've, got, you've got your craft and you're serious yeah. about... Yeah, it's, it's obviously like for, for actors and actresses, we're... Obviously, with like social media and putting yourself out there, you're very cautious of what you're doing and your opinions and stuff like that. Mm. And then it's all, I think it's something we shy away from because I remember once Dan was Snapchatting, I could just see all the Snapchats in one bit, and then the actors kind of hiding in the other corner, kind of away <laughs> from it. But, um, do you know what? Working with Dan definitely made me a lot more comfortable to that. And obviously, times are changing, and it is a big thing now social media and obviously connecting with people and stuff so mm. yeah it definitely brought my barriers down a little bit when you're going for a job or chatting to agents or whatever your the amount of followers you have does that affect the roles you get or is that is that is that any sort of currency now do you find or is it does it come up in conversations yeah it does it does come up on a lot of things i think because obviously like especially with films and stuff like that mm. uh, independent films people do twitter pages instagram pages they're constantly wanting wanting you to post stuff to promote the film and yeah. stuff like that yeah so i definitely think now it is a, it's a massive part of it now and you've just kind of got to embrace it i suppose and go with it so you're contractually uh in the films in the projects you do now you're sort of in part of your contract is to promote via insta twitter etc yeah, it seems to be, yeah, like that promotion side now, that seems to be more than sort of going to events more. It'd be like, can you post this link to this or that link to that? And yeah. obviously, like with 
especially Fanged Up as well. We're obviously it's really big on that at the moment where all the stuff has just come out and I'm seeing it everywhere. Like everyone <clears> I'm going on is posting about it and talking about it, which is really nice. So yeah, I suppose it's a good good thing, I suppose. It, it's a good way to get projects out there and stuff. Did you spend any time at a um doctor surgery to get into the part? No, I didn't. I was so worried. <laughs> I was poor CJ. He had to keep pulling me up on my accent as well a couple of times. Do you remember the one in do you remember the scene in the shower with CJ? What did I that do? Sounds really Remind wrong, it. doesn't it? Sometimes <laughs> yeah. so, so, not okay, so we're, we're recording this. Shower. It still doesn't make sense, but <laughs> What did I? What and, happened? Um, I had to grab the pipe and I had to say water. Yes. But obviously, my I'm going. Water. He's going water, water. I'm like, sorry, sorry. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so you got uh, to work with Stephen Burkoff. I did. <laughs> I did work with Stephen Burkoff. Credits. <laughs> yeah. It was probably the most intense scene I've ever filmed. <laughs> I think because. For days, it was all like Stephen Burkle's coming in, Stephen Burkle's coming in, and I was like, oh, "Gosh, I know I've got like this mammoth scene with him as well, which is me and him." So really nervous going in to do my scene, and then um, I just kind of sat down and just sort of looked at him. And I was like, "Hello, nice to meet you, Danielle." <laughs> blah blah, and he, he just he didn't reply. He didn't say anything, and I was like, "Oh, this is really going to be awkward. It's not going to speak to me, is he?" And then he just kind of randomly went, "Doof, doof, 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 doof." doof. I was like. Okay. Wow. He went, he went, oh, you're from EastEnders, aren't you? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, God, okay. So then we sort of, yeah, had a little chat and stuff. Burkhoff like gave you the doof-doofs. He did. Burkhoff That's amazing. The most, and the most random doof-doof I've ever seen. It was like a two-minute <laughs> silence between me saying hello and the doof-doof. So, yeah, it was an intense scene. Not only that, but because his character is so intense as well. So it was like his intense, the character's intense. I was like, oh, my gosh. I remember some uh, sometimes uh, with Stephen, there'd be... Uh, uh, because you're at that point, you're sort of, but you're shackled in the scene. Yeah. <laughs> and in between takes, uh, uh, Stephen would sort of, I suppose, uh, you know, just still be in character and maybe sort of look over and just, just you know, throw you an odd glance, you know, to, to sort of stay in character. How, was that unnerving for you? I, I was conscious sometimes I'd be giving the DOP a note or two, a DOP John Hurley, um, who's uh, available for uh, for work, kids' parties, etc. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, as I'd be chatting, I'd sort of see Burkhoff in character throwing you an evil or something. Was that was that uh, how was that for you? Because I imagine in EastEnders you wouldn't have had any of that. No, not I've never like obviously in film it's so different. Like you just I just expected it to be the same as everything shot the same as EastEnders. I expected four cameras, and then when I got to set up like this one camera. I'm thinking, where's the cameras? <laughs> surely this is going to take years to shoot. Like, because we have four and it's all from all different angles. So, is it yeah. are you, when it comes to takes, is it one, are you one and done in, um, in these days? Yeah, like one yeah. and done or a couple and done. Yeah, it's yeah. really quick. So, when I come to a film set and I did just see that one camera, I was really confused. But obviously, with the, there is so long in between the takes to keep in character. I suppose if you are doing an intense character like that, some people obviously do same character so that was a bit weird for me because I was kind of sort of laid there literally chained in his bed like this is so weird (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it was so funny I always thought you and Stu were hilarious together because the the physicality you you know he was like twice your height and um... yeah he put me in a headlock one day it was amazing (laughs) yeah and even and Dan O'Reilly's quite a bit of a shorty too isn't he so it's always uh, was that hard for you Christian with composition you've got this weird menagerie of uh, characters with all these different yeah, heights. Do you know what? I'm sure I was. St- CJ, didn't you put me blocks for quite a lot of things? <laughs> yeah. Um, there were, I remember yeah. Ewan doing a scene with Ewan as well when I was like, stood on a block. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there was a few of those. As the film progresses, characters become se- segregated into their own groups. And you were often with Dan, and, and height wise, that worked. Um, but there is a scene later on where it's yourself, Dan O'Reilly, and Stu, and I had to kind of. <laughs> block it so stew's here and you're both there but um yeah it's um it's a challenge but one you're you know it's 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 an obvious one so um yeah it's not even just banged up don't feel bad CJ. It's every film oh really one. yeah <laughs> yeah literally they're like mm, he's fucking really short. i can like, remember yeah. so it's your first day and you were being ready you've been brought to set and we're setting up the scene in renfield's office mm-hmm. and i'd seen your i'd okayed your wardrobe yeah, I could. But in, yeah, in, in different sort of like, here's the coat. Yes, here's the top. Yes, here's... so I'd never seen it all together. 
Um, Nobody was saying anything. Like, no. so I'm going to have to say something. So, yeah. And I think that yeah. more, so I'm over <laughs> set. I'm over on set. We're, we're now sort of, there's, there are 10 minutes, even though you're, even though we're all in the, the prison location, locations are still a, a fair walk. And I think the, the Renfield's office we're using for that and, and wardrobe. It was around the other side. Yeah. 10 minute there, walk, yeah. 10 minute walk away from each other. And, um, I'm over on set lighting with John and blocking and going through just stuff that probably isn't going to work. And, um, Silly little thing, silly things like oh, what, in one insert we needed someone to pull some torches out of a drawer because we need the torches for later. And I remember the drawer didn't work. You're like, God, for God's sake, you know that kind of silly little stuff. But anyways, we're solving those little problems, and then Palmer yeah. comes over and is like, um, CJ, uh, have you seen Danielle in the in the in her outfit together? I'm like, well, I've seen it. I've approved it all, but I've not seen her in it. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, and I, he said, I think you should come over. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I remember coming over, and, and you were, you it just look, again, it looked like a, it was the lab coat. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Huge, right? I said she looks coat. like, I said she looks like she's five years old in a school play. Yeah, <laughs> playing I a doctor. Yeah. I felt like that, and that. It was the biggest lab coat I think I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> and I'm so small, as so well. I was like, drooping above, down by my hands. It looked yeah. bad. It looked absolutely yeah. bad. And I think I can't remember what happened there, but I remember looking at you and you were you were being ever so polite and just sort of going, Yeah, you know, like you won't say anything bad, but you were clearly like, I feel so uncomfortable. Yeah, I just thought it's way too late now. Because I the weird thing was when I'd done the costume fitting, I'd tried obviously done the costume fitting, but the costume wasn't the same as when I come up so obviously things changed and stuff. So I was like, Oh, I know this isn't going to fit me. Yeah. I'll just pretend like, that's fine. Don't worry, guys. Like, now, I can't recall how he fixed it, but I have a feeling we decided was, to lose no, the lab was, coat for that scene. because we Yeah, because we wanted like this, you know, it's movie shortcuts, isn't it? Lab coat means scientist or doctor, you know. Yeah. So we need, so we, I think we just put it in shot, hung it over a filing cabinet. Yeah. And, and it, so that she, she lost one um, layer of, of protection from, from the blood. Yeah, I, I was, and it was freezing. Oh my god, how cold was that prison? <laughs> it's so cold. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about that. How did you find the environment? We did when you read the script. Did you think you were going to be a nice, warm prison set in Pinewood or somewhere? Yeah, I didn't think. I never in a million years thought it would be like that kind of prison at mm. all. And I was, it, it was amazing to film in it. But de- even the scariest place I filmed in, yeah, it was really, especially because we had quite a few night shoots and stuff, and mm. obviously it was set for the film, so there was blood everywhere, there's bits of arms everywhere, there's fake heads everywhere, so when you walk around there at night, you're like, oh, gosh, oh, my, it's right, it's not real. <laughs> it's not real. So, like, well, there, was, like, there was one room I went in, and there was blood, old, dried blood up the wall, and I said, oh, somebody must have tested some blood here, and they were like, nope. Yeah, That's exactly, like, you don't know oh, what's, real, what's not in there is so creepy. Yeah. It just had a certain vibe, didn't it? It did, yeah, certainly had like some, some... Covered in blood was just, yeah, like looking in the mirror, you're like, oh, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> it was so weird. Could you use that being in a real prison? Was that helpful? Definitely. I mean, it, you just felt awry. Like, I had a few scenes where I'm just sort of walking around the prison looking scared and didn't really have to act for that because <laughs> it's just kind of, you are. So, it, yeah, it definitely helps 100% and it makes you feel like you're in that role more, being in a proper place like that. Mm. For me, I, I was so excited to do this because it was just so different from what the character that I played, different, completely different, like vampires and all that kind of stuff. I love it. So I was so excited. I was a bit nervous, though, because it's so funny. I'm really terrified of scary films. <laughs> like, on another <laughs> level, I'm like, oh, I'm the worst person to go to the cinema and watch a horror with. But it was so fun to sit and work on it and create something completely different. And mm. not saying anything, Dan, but the writing made it really easy as well. Like, I kind of got the character straight away from reading from her so yeah it was really cool to get into character and do well that was um well thank you but that that was my um favorite stuff really was writing for for katie because like i say she didn't really exist in the original screenplay and and she was the only um uh and the and that version of the character was the only female character in the movie yeah um unless you can't these strippers that they had originally in the opening of the yeah. film which we now haven't got yeah. um and so christian and i turned you know burkoff's um goon um to a female so we got lauren from misfits in to play that part yeah. she was originally more just a, a, a thuggish guy you know originally um, that part was to be played by terry stone 
Yeah. So then, oh, you know, really? when doing yeah. that, uh, I remember having one of our script meetings, and we agreed that this is what we're going to go with that character, and we kind of looked at each other like, "Oh, this is going to, you know, this is going to go down like a like a lead weight." So the listeners, he's also the producer, so we we're going to be telling the producer we've basically cut his role. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> well done, guys. And, <laughs> but I, yeah, I hadn't. Um, I purposefully delayed signing my contract until uh, Terry had read it, just in case. We, no fucking way. But um, well, yeah. we thought he might go, great, I'm doing it in drag. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, to his credit, actually, uh, he when both Terry and Richard read the new draft and they rang us and were like, spot on, amazing. And Terry was like, oh, no, I'd rather have a better script than, a, you know, than... than, than yeah, than and because it's difficult because obviously you, it's, it's set in a male prison. So you are restricted to uh, what characters you can and can't gender bend, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's finding that balance of having a strong female character, but not having someone that is, you know, uh, stretches believability and is sort of some kind of weird um, uh, male fantasy, you know, yeah. or whatever. But I mean, admittedly, we do have you, you know, in peril towards the end, um, you know, in um, on a, tied to a bed. But yeah. you overcome that, and you know, you uh, you, you solve the problem, and yeah. you know, without using spoilers it's really down to you to save the day isn't it it's, yeah it's not, I really uh, love not... that element about it as well because you don't usually get that and I think that's what makes it so nice and I think it makes the male characters even more loving as well when you've got that balance yeah you would have liked him so much to credit you know? the guys to credit everyone, uh, again when we handed in that, our draft I think that was another thing we we're like this isn't going to float and everyone Dan O'Reilly included was like no love it you know Dan O'Reilly kind of takes a back seat at the end. I mean, it's not certainly in terms of, you know, his character still servicing the audience in terms of comedy, but plot wise, uh, he has little to nothing to do with it. Um, so yeah, it's good of those. Yeah. Guys. I mean, it was, it was really, I mean, I know he gets some stick, but um, he, um, <laughs> he's got, he's got zero ego, mm. you know, and, and he could have, oh, you know, when I took the, when I had yeah when we handed in that script I was going oh god here we go I was waiting for, you know yeah all the phones the, the phones start ringing because yeah it was it was pretty much purely Jimmy um, in the original draft and I, I kind of raised the character some of the characters added some new ones and and really gave um Kate Doctor Katie sort of like um, equal billing it became an ensemble more than just a singular vehicle you know um, and but. But O'Reilly was completely and utterly behind it, and you know he could yeah. have he could have swung his ego around and said, uh, "No, it's the Dan show." But um, he was yeah. really up for it, you know. But- yeah, and there was I was a bit worried about that with Dan as well. Like obviously, when it's someone's film and they're on set every day, you think. But he was amazing. Like he, all he wanted was for the film to do well and to have everyone have their own input on stuff as well. So yeah, and that. In that, in that way as well, he was really lovely to work with. He just didn't have an ego at all, which was no. really nice. Uh, so, Danielle, what's next? Um, I'm shooting a film next month called Innocent Candy. Sounds rubbish. Down in Skegness. Yeah, I can't wait to shoot that, actually. That'll be next month. Brilliant. So, Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about that? Um, it's it's a gang. Apparently, I'm like a gangster horror kind of girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's about um, like this family that uh, have a load of like loads of problems and stuff and I'm the sister out of the brothers and some of them get killed and then I'm down like to kind of work out what's gone on and yeah stuff like that really uh, yes I've got a film coming out called Two Graves yep that just premiered a couple of weeks ago actually so can't wait for that one to come out and right. that's some wicked actors in it too so yeah where can we follow you find you see you and all that stuff I'm on Twitter and Instagram Oh, my name's Danielle underscore Harold on Instagram. Didn't even know that. Had to check. That's that. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Harold official on Twitter. Thanks, Danielle. So uh, I will great. look forward to, uh, I'm sure everyone will look forward to seeing you on their uh, TV screens, etc., etc. in Fanged Up, thank playing you. Dr. Katie Makepeace um, shortly. Yeah, thank you, TJ. Thanks, Dan. Oh, thanks, Danielle. Today. I've got absolutely nothing coming out. So, you know, thanks for asking. Dan. Palmer, what have you got coming up next? I'm about to do my laundry. Yep. So I'm trying to work out what kind of softener to use. It's really difficult. Mm, Who's that starring? (laughs) Don't don't Uh, talk about it now. We'll save it for a whole other podcast. Oh, okay. (laughs) How to on 
Yeah. Uh, Dan, where can we find you? Uh, nowhere. <laughs> I've gone. Um, I've gone under the radar. I pulled the plug on the um, on the on the Twitter. So you you you, you can find me in the movies. It's gone. No, it doesn't exist. It's gone. It's gone, baby. Why? Have enough. I need to concentrate on my on my on my on my art, my writing. On life. Yeah, exactly. Real life. Smell, love stop that. and smell the roses. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> that you porn isn't gonna watch itself. Exactly. Uh, go to Fanged Up Film on Twitter and uh, you can find out where you can see it, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, there. And it'll be on DVD uh, on the 30th too, and I believe Netflix. Amazon Prime, etc., etc., and iTunes shortly thereafter. Uh, so, gang, it's been a pleasure. You too, guys. This was a podcast from the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com.